This video is brought to you by Incogni. Today, Emmanuel Macron doesn't rule out putting boots on the ground in Ukraine. Progress is reportedly made towards a Gaza ceasefire, and Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney faces her first electoral defeat since taking office. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 27th of February 2024. French President Emmanuel Macron has not ruled out sending Western troops to Ukraine, speaking at a summit of European leaders in Paris designed to reaffirm their unity and determination to support Ukraine. Talk of Western boots on the ground in Ukraine was first made public by Slovakian Prime Minister Robert Fico, who said a restricted document from the summit implied that a number of NATO and EU member states are considering sending troops to Ukraine on a bilateral basis. Asked about this, President Macron said, there's no consensus today to send troops on the ground in an official manner. But in terms of options, nothing can be ruled out. Adding that the defeat of Russia is indispensable to the security and stability of Europe. Macron was pressed on this further, but declined to give more details or suggest which countries could be in favour, claiming that he was maintaining strategic ambiguity. He said, I absolutely did not say that France was unfavourable. I will not remove the ambiguity of this evening's debate by giving names, adding that it was simply mentioned among the options. Various French opposition politicians criticised Macron's comments, but he said, let us have the humility to note that we have often been 6 to 12 months late. This was the objective of this evening's discussion. Everything is possible if it's useful to achieve our objective. The Paris conference was notable for more than just this, though. President Macron also said that more or less all the countries represented at the summit, i.e. EU and NATO countries, had said that the common consensus was that we should be ready in a few years' time for Russia to attack these countries. There was also movement towards an agreement on purchasing ammunition from third-party providers for Ukraine, after France dropped its opposition to buying non-EU shells in a bid to help Ukraine replenish its limited supplies. Speaking virtually at the summit, Ukraine's President Zelensky said, Of the million shells promised to us by the European Union, not 50% arrived, but 30% unfortunately. Macron also said there would be a new coalition launched to mobilise nations with the capacity of providing Ukraine with medium to long-range missiles. However, there is not European unity on this subject. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, for example, reiterated his opposition to sending Ukraine long-range German Taurus missiles, stating, Germany is Ukraine's largest military supporter in Europe. It stays that way. But one thing is clear, we will not become a warring party. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Israel is willing to pause its attacks on Gaza next month if some of the hostages are released, according to US President Joe Biden. Speaking after filming a talk show appearance yesterday, Biden added that a ceasefire deal was close but not done yet. It comes as the US, Egypt and Qatar attempt to negotiate a truce in the conflict, which is currently being reviewed by Hamas. The proposal includes allowing humanitarian aid into Gaza, as well as exchanging Palestinian prisoners for hostages captured in the Hamas attack. It comes ahead of the Muslim fasting month of Ramadan, which falls around March the 10th, and is a time of heightened religious observance for Muslims around the world. The start of the month is also seen as an unofficial deadline for a ceasefire deal. 
While Biden said he hopes to have reached a temporary ceasefire by next Monday, he refrained from calling it an end to the war. He also left open the possibility of an Israeli ground offensive into the southern Gazan city of Rafah, where more than half of Gaza's 2.3 million population have fled under Israeli evacuation orders. The prospect of an invasion of Rafah has caused global alarm in recent weeks due to the likely humanitarian devastation it would cause were it to go ahead. In other news, New Zealand has scrapped the world's first smoking ban. The new National Party-led coalition government is overturning the ban, which was introduced under the former Labour Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. The government confirmed the decision this week, with the repeal forming part of the new coalition government's 100-day plan set to be urgently presented to Parliament. The new finance minister, Nicola Wills, has said the revenue from cigarette sales will go towards funding tax cuts. The previous ban set to take effect from July would have forever prohibited tobacco sales for those born after the 1st of January 2009, with the goal of creating a smoke-free generation, as well as drastically reducing the sale of nicotine and tobacco to just 600 retail outlets nationwide. Prime Minister Christopher Luxon has said the reversal of the ban will prevent a tobacco black market and shop-targeted crime, but health experts fear that this U-turn could result in thousands of additional smoking-related deaths annually, especially among Maori communities which have higher smoking rates. Luxon said his government would continue to lower smoking rates through education and other smoking policies. Yet, according to non-government industry group Health Coalition Aotearoa, many see this as a major loss for public health and a huge win for the tobacco industry, whose profits will be boosted at the expense of Kiwi lives. Moving to Italy now, where Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney has suffered her first electoral setback since entering office in 2022, after a centre-left candidate narrowly won the Sardinian regional presidential election. With very nearly all the votes counted, Alessandra Toda from the populist Five Star Movement and also supported by the centre-left Democratic Party, was ahead with 45.3% of the vote, while Paolo Truzu received 45%. Truzu was the candidate backed by the governing right-wing coalition and was the favoured candidate of Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney. While a regional vote in Sardinia may not seem very consequential for those of us not on the Italian island, the result does have significance. For starters, it highlights and will likely exacerbate the tensions inside Italy's right-wing coalition, as Maloney had pushed for Truzu, a member of her own Brothers of Italy party, to be the coalition's candidate, against the wishes of her coalition partner, Matteo Salvini, whose League party had wanted to nominate the incumbent president of Sardinia. It also marks the first time that the Five Star Movement has ever won a regional presidency, and perhaps more significantly, it's the first time since 2015 that the Italian centre-left has flipped and won a region, proving that opposition parties do have winning potential, particularly if they can join forces. There are four more regional elections later this year in Italy, plus all the important European Parliament elections in June. We're going to end with some uplifting news from New York, where a medical school is scrapping tuition fees after a massive $1 billion donation from a 93-year-old widow of a wealthy investor. The donor, Dr. Ruth Gottesman, also used to be a professor at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, which is in the Bronx. The dean of the college called it a transformational gift that will radically revolutionise our ability to continue attracting students who are committed to our mission, not just those who can afford it. 
For reference, tuition there is nearly $60,000 per year. But now final year students will be reimbursed for their spring 2024 term tuition. And from August, all students, including current ones, will receive free tuition going forward. Clearly, the current state of the world is plagued by uncertainty and risk. And while you've been watching this video, your personal information might have been sold or published online without you even knowing it. Even whilst recording videos, we're interrupted by robocalls. And if you're wondering why you also might be getting random numbers calling your phone, well, the answer is the malevolent workings of shady forces called data brokers. These data brokers can collect and sell your personal information to anyone, from a company to an online criminal. This data can include your name and aliases, social security number, login credentials, home address, location, history, online activity, and much more. But even if you're not fussed about a call here and there, one day it could be a little call, but the next a huge loan could be taken out under your name. So if you want to protect your data, Incogni is here to help. Incogni reaches out to data brokers on your behalf, requests your personal data removal, and deals with any objections from their side. Since many data brokers continue collecting your personal information even after they've removed it, Incogni also takes care that your data stays off the market by conducting repeated removal requests. So create an account with our link in the description, grant Incogni the ability to work on your behalf and sit back as they make you safer. Plus, by using our link, you'll get an exclusive 60% off an annual Incogni plan. Thanks for checking it out, and thanks to Incogni for supporting this video.